Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Yes, hello, and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder Presents the True Crime Cinema Club. It's like when The Rock and Jason Statham did that spinoff movie that time. Was it great? No. But is the Fast and Furious franchise itself that great? No. So it's kind of like that. I'm Alvin Williams, joined by my co-host for the time being, uh, the wonderful Miss Sierra Fath. Hello, how are you? Hey, Al. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. This week, um, I didn't know how we would follow up joe exotic and Wait, richard what we, what, yeah and richard jewel richard jewel was richard jewel was a palate cleanser it wasn't like as crazy no 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 uh, that's why i describe it as a palate cleanser you know like we did joe exotic and then we just needed to do something that was entertaining but not a roller coaster sure but i knew for episode three we were gonna need to i needed to get us back on a roller coaster yeah and instead of going to uh something that i didn't know was gonna be a roller coaster and just going off of you know things i heard i said I got to pull out the original what the fuck did we just watch for oh, yeah. uh, for us. Oh yeah. Anyway. I mean, I had forgotten. Yeah. But then you hear the name and you're right back. You you, you And did. I was like, "Oh, that." But yeah. even then I couldn't remember the details cuz it's so crazy. Oh yeah. A lot going on. I just I don't know. I I think I blocked it out. For sure. For I those of disturbed. you For those of you who are still unaware even though you're listening to this right now, we're talking about Tickled, of course, the documentary that we watched this week. Uh, tickled is whew. when you go into it, you're already uh, under the impression that man, this is nuts. And then the rabbit hole just keeps going and going, and you're like, wait, wait, what the fuck is happening right mm-hmm. now? So, tickled. If you're listening to this and haven't seen the documentary, tickled is the story of a journalist named David Ferrier, who um, he's kind of the equivalent of the local news journalist who does like you know wacky clip of the week. Like, here's a clip of a squirrel. Uh, uh, jet skiing you know mm-hmm. things like that and he just kind of does a little expose on it <laughs> remember that in Anchorman <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's where the reference came from I didn't even I knew it was in my brain but I didn't know from where they're and, like look at Rusty the squirrel yeah that's Paul Rudd right that's what Paul Rudd does right he's like the on the streets <laughs> journalist I don't know I, I don't I it's don't remember one of them. But, in, <laughs> but anyway he's kind of similar to that and he stumbles upon this competitive tickling thing and he's like huh 
that's interesting. That's my New Zealand accent. That it was, will get better. It, it's, it'll get better as we go along because I will be doing a lot of it because it's one of my favorite. Better than mine. I it's can't one do my, one. It's one of my favorite accents. But uh, he decides he wants to do a little expose on that. And then he gets some resistance. And, you know, he's like, oh, well, if they're... What's what is this? Why don't why, they yeah, want, why don't they why don't they want me to find why don't out? Why they want us talking about it? So anyway, let me just continue with the synopsis. Uh, he just thinks he's going to do a nice little innocent uh, story about competitive tickling. Instead, he finds a bizarre and even threatening world created by a bully with deep pockets, mm-hmm. and we find out just how deep as the journey continues. So anyway, super deep. Uh, the documentary is produced uh, and filmed by David Ferrier and his friend Dylan Reed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reeve, a, Reeve. a strong Reeve. Mm-hmm. Okay, the yeah, Dylan Reeve, the strong silent type. He's very uh Yeah. <laughs> Definitely did not speak a word until the end. Yeah. And then he was talking a lot. Oh yeah. But anyway, one of my favorite things about this documentary, aside from the crazy content, is the New Zealand accents, as I've mentioned before. Oh One he, of my favorite shows I still haven't gotten you to watch, but we have a lot of time during this quarantine, so we might. Is uh Flight of the Concords. It is one of my favorite shows ever. And I think it's a cheat code because it's mostly funny because they have New Zealand accents. If you just put the, if you made the whole show, you know how they did The Office was a Ricky Gervais show and yeah. then they made it a US version and we love that version. Mm-hmm. If you did that to this show, even though it is a US, like the show takes place in New York. There are people, there are a band from New Zealand who moves to America to make it. Okay. If you did like a US version of this, I don't think it would be funny at all. It, their accents are Yeah, but because their, so their, their, their name's a Brit in Jermaine. Jermaine. And they, and they talk very, they're like, I wouldn't, that's not something I would do. Yes. Love it. Yes. Well, what are you saying? Mary is their uh, manager, and he's got a hilarious New Zealand accent as well. So the accent game is strong in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, David's accent is very hilarious. Anyway, uh, so as we start to become introduced to David, and he's also a very funny guy, this David Farrier. Very funny. Great documentarian. Very, like, um, dry, yeah, too. Yeah, like perfectly he, with dry. With his delivery. Perfectly dry. But not 10 minutes into the documentary when we find out that the story that he did on this little, you know, expose show in New Zealand started to get some traction across the world. People are like, what is this? Competitive tickling. And when I say competitive Competitive tickling. I mean, they're wearing like Adidas <laughs> athletic clothes, and in a it's very homoerotic. From I mean, I'm talking ten seconds in, you're like, what is, is this gay porn? Not even. There's nothing competitive about it. It has the feel about it. It's like the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's like the setup. Yeah, like before they get before they start it. fucking each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like we're, they the don't, foreplay. It's the foreplay. It's it's an hour of foreplay. Anyway, the video, uh, his his uh, news story comes out, and he gets a letter from a woman named Debbie Coon, who calls him every word under the sun. I mean, I didn't know he was gay five minutes into it, but I guess she. He's very public about it, as he should be. I guess, you know, maybe his Facebook profile has him with his spouse or something. Mm -hmm. And she sends this email like, we would not want our professional, (laughs) our professional tickling league, our prestigious tickling league to be associated with some homo. Yeah. And your gay lifestyle. Really sassy. Yeah. And and she called him the F word. And uh it just was very homophobic, which is, and David had a great response, which is the thing I was thinking. I know I was thinking it the first time I watched it, and definitely when we watched it this time, it's like, this is really gay what you're doing. Right. So to cause, to be homophobic and be the runner of a, or at least affiliated, whatever Debbie Coons, I put that in air quotes and we'll explain why as we continue. To be homophobic when you do what you do is, is so hilarious. And he was like, it, it didn't make sense to me because what they do is very well 
gay. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's incredibly gay. It's all these like D three lacrosse rejects with you know like um bird chests and and oh, yeah. beach muscles and and puka shell necklaces and they just put on some dry fit clothes and tickle each other in beds while straddling each other too yeah it's oh not, yeah yeah it's not like it's uh, not medis- it's not it's not uh like procedural no it's very it's fun it's it's very like we're we're not doing this whatever the whatever the procedural version of tickling would be which is we'll get to my boy down in Orlando, which oh, is yeah. like he straps you in a thing and just tickles your feet. This is like a boys club. You know, we just got done a nice fun rugby game, all showered up. We're we're coming inside. We're going to watch some highlights from the UFC fight tonight. And just, you know, a casual tickle fight breaks out. That's the vibe of these videos. There's laughter and they're on each other's bellies and sitting on straddling each other's and bellies like, bro, and bro that tickles yeah bro <laughs> bro i'm gonna pop bro i'll stop you know the, bro, uh, bro fuck you bro that yeah, tickles, the, yeah man. the ad-libs are super crazy and mm. laughs and everything the tickling a video of somebody tickling is one of the most awkward things i've ever seen oh yeah and that's the one thing that it's like you forget because you see this and it's very this documentary is very um disturbing yeah so you kind of get the images out of your head really quickly once you finish watching it i but think that's what happened to me yeah because then you Cause watch we it watched again. it like two years ago yeah or something. yeah and then you watch it again and you go oh this is gross it made me so unco- i think i was curled up in a ball the whole yeah, time it, wasn't it, i it's like an ex- my it's, body language was- it's very visceral this this yeah. really brings an emotion out of you when you're silently there's no because mu- you know they didn't add background music and i think they did it on purpose because they could have easily added some quirky music yeah. To the footage that they found to just make it kind of more lighthearted funny. or something. And they're like, no, the, we're going to have the white noise in the background. Yeah. And just like silence in a room of, of guys like, oh, 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 no, 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 stop. Oh, come on. Stop. Just, oh, man. It is inco- it is uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable because it's like while you're watching, at least for me, while I was watching it and I was uncomfortable, I was trying to analyze why. I was uncomfortable. Like, I was like, am I uncomfortable, be- like, because they're strapped down? But, hey, they're laughing. But am sure. I uncomfortable because they're laughing yet, like, the other person isn't? Like, yeah. the tickler isn't mm-hmm. laughing? They're well, which, like, what was your conclusion? I don't, I still don't know. <laughs> still, I think they I just, never know. I just, while I was trying to analyze it, I was like, fuck it. It's all fucking weird. Yeah, all of I, it. I just, all of it. It's yeah. all of the above. All of it. And then, like, you know, the sickest thing to me is just like the, you know, the the higher ups of it. Oh, yeah. Which I mean, we'll, that's what got gross. Yeah, and we'll get to that now. So, um, uh, David continues to get these emails from Debbie Kuhn and uh, Jane O'Brien Media Company and how they're going to sue him in New Zealand and in the United States, like a very big threat. And they say they're going to send out some representatives to meet with him. I don't know if they said lawyers specifically because they definitely weren't lawyers. You know, we'll get to that in a second. But um, the one of the first things that David Carrier, Farrier? Farrier. David Farrier does in the documentary to just make him incredibly endearing is he goes to the airport. <laughs> and just waits sign. and just waits there's like they didn't tell us what flight they were gonna get on but i figure you know let's get this documentary kicked off right so him and dylan go to the airport with and he has a sign that the sign says is like, like welcome, oh, welcome to marco and kevin and the boy is the only description i have i didn't catch his name but no. there's a little twinkie boy Napo- napoleon dynamite looking boy. yeah he's like apparently in the higher ups of this whole conglomerate he goes and represents jane o'brien media but he looks like he's a tickle participant 
He's gotta be. Kevin looks like uh, he does safaris or something. Like he shoots um, big game or something. You know, he, oh no, not him. No, Marco seemed like uh, a, a nice guy who, who just I is like he's very much like it's a living. Yeah, he was like, oh, it's nice this to is, meet you. Yeah, he's. I think he's very much like. <laughs> I, are I'm here a, for a lawsuit. I'm aware that I work for a weird company, but like it's my job, so there's no reason we need to be but hostile Kevin towards each other. Kevin was a dick. Kevin was a dick. But what happened was, you know, it started off with pleasantries. You know, uh, David's like, you know, just wanted to welcome you guys to New Zealand. New Zealand hospitality. You know, here's the sign. You can have the sign, and you know, you're more than Good welcome. Accent, Al. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to find my pocket. Yeah. I'm still not there yet, but by the end, maybe I'll get there. Yes. You're more yes. than you're more than welcome to keep the sign. Yes, you can have the sign. And Marco's very accepting of the sign. Oh yeah. And then Kevin realizes that he's being filmed. Did not like that. And he that. lets you know, hey man, look, we're not going to be friends. We're not going to have a good time if this is how you approach me. You know. You come here, you attack us at the airport, and I don't appreciate that. And then the other, the boy goes, yeah, I don't really like this either. Yeah, I don't like it <laughs> at all. I mean, he very, he seems very amaz- <laughs> he seems emaciated and brainwashed. <laughs> he's, a, he's a very weird character to have added very into this documentary. It's like, what is his job? I think he, I think he could think have he, been one of the first. Tickies. Sure, and, and and he and he really he really proved his value, maybe, and and I think he also eases the talent, which is a gross word to use yeah. in this documentary. I think he he's the guy that goes like, "Bro, man, what is gay? Right, what's we're getting gay, some really? money in our pocket. We're hanging out with some bros. We got some natty ice in the fridge. We're just having a good time. Look, we'll get some burgers later. It's yeah. fine. You know, and then he goes into the thing like the <laughs> that like a really. I mean, listen, I'm uh. The, the world standards on like what uh, a quote unquote man is is really weird bro like what what is a man we're all men here you know we're all men we all like to have sex with girls in their vaginas when they get squishy you know how they go you know how that whole thing goes bro <laughs> and when we do that with girls and then we come here and do this it's like whatever bro we're just hanging out we're just broing out and then they're like yeah I guess so man. yeah I guess you're right it's yeah. like we're just like you know we're just like bros and he's like yeah for sure now take your shirt off I'm going to straddle you. Yeah, I'm going to straddle you. Well, let me strap you down first. It's very Joe Exotic with, the, you know, the trickery, the Jedi oh, yeah. mind trickery, and then they swoop in and catch you when your guard's down. Yeah. I think that might be his role, and although he looks so twinkish and, and weak and feeble, his mind might be strong, and that's why, quote-unquote, Jane O'Brien keeps him around and why he's made his way to the top. Well, what's not strong is his jaw. No. He looks, yeah, he's, <laughs> he looks yeah, he's, like he looks, Napoleon he, I Dynamite. I don't think he could crack through a peppermint. He's he very, said, yeah. <laughs> I don't like it either. Yeah, I'm like a, I just I'm feel a... like <laughs> I just feel like he had this open mouth after yeah, he said yeah. that for like thirty seconds. Oh yeah, he's a mouth breather for sure. Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's a mouth breather. Anyway, so the uh, Marco informs them like we just need a day to kind of get settled in, and then we'll have a meeting and we'll kind of talk things out. Never really, I'm, it's never really been made clear to me what this meeting was to be. I think maybe they thought they were dealing with some weak New Zealand person. And that they were going to be a threatening trio to send to New Zealand to speak on behalf of Jane O'Brien Media, which is hilarious to me because it's the most unintimidating group of people I've ever seen. And in my then life. it just ends. It's two middle-aged, like, borderline old white men and a little soft, little skinny boy. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe maybe they thought that... This was, this was like a cease be, and desist meeting. Yeah. I think they thought it would just end once they showed up and said, look, we're serious about the legal shit. Yeah. But he was fearless. Oh, for sure. And they went to that meeting and, and the real Kevin really came out. We got a glimpse of him at the, uh, at the airport. But then they said they didn't want any, anybody filming. But they recorded the audio. Dave, David did. 
And, you know, Kevin's talking about, you know, these people are really rich and you don't want to fuck around with rich people. And you opened up this can of worms and he starts, you know, you can hear that he got very boisterous in the meeting. Even though you can't see it, you can tell he's, you can tell there's some standing up and some he's grandstanding. You don't know who you're dealing with. The people I work for, you don't want to fuck with them, David. Saying, so I, saying words we don't know. Yeah. Oh, man, I can't even. He, he said, how are we going to ameliorate this situation? Ameliorate. Something Alvin had like, to look it up. <laughs> I was fascinated by the fact that he used that word as opposed to like mend or ease yeah. or just fix or something like that. Ameliorate is such a tw- it's such a twenty dollar word, man. I know. I had to style. I was like ameliorate. At first I said, you know, because I'm an idiot. So I was like, is that a word? So I wanted to be wrong. I wanted no. to look it up and be like, maybe he just fucking said something wrong. I I thought for a second that he said eliminate wrong. <laughs> That's a crazy way to <laughs> to fuck up eliminate. <laughs> I thought he was just all mad and feisty. He was very frustrated. Just... He was very flustered. He was. Anyway, apparently a big part of because there's no f- video footage. His partner Dylan, we don't see speak much, but apparently Dylan was the real culprit of why that meeting with those three guys didn't go very well. So Kevin called. Uh, David the next day and said I would like to meet with just you because Dylan he's a hothead or whatever thing they said never saw that side of Dylan <laughs> Dylan is just a fiery a ball of, of anger and passion and we don't want to deal with him anymore while so we're going to deal with you David <laughs> and while they're talking and he's just about a schlubby that, little quiet guy <laughs> he's like playing with the train set with yeah with his this kid son. he's the most delightful guy and the, the meeting with David Kevin basically lets him know um, you don't want to mess with these people. I'm just giving you some advice. I would listen to the threats and the lawsuit threats and all these kind of things because we find out also that his lawyer, Tyen, his lawyer's name is uh, Romeo, Romeo Falls or uh, I have it. Yeah, yeah. His name is Romeo Salta, who was involved with when I first heard, it, I thought it said he defended him. But apparently he just was involved in the case of Luca Magnata. Right. From Don't Fuck don't, With Cats. Don't Fuck With Cats. You know, what a yeah, crazy cut, little cut, tie-in. Cut those, cut those bodies up and sent those parts off in the mail. <laughs> so this guy has been involved in two of the craziest like yeah. stories yeah. that we've seen. Insanity. So he's he goes, you don't want to fuck, you know, uh, Kevin goes, you don't want to fuck with this, these people. They're very rich. You've never dealt with rich people before. I have. And trust me, the pockets are deep and they'll ruin you and it won't even blink. It won't even affect them a, a bit. Right. And then I don't know if it was a strategy that David used, but he very was much was like, yes, I understand what you're saying. But uh, uh, Dylan, he just he he seems to want to continue to go forward and they call him again. Letting him know, like, you know, uh, yeah, we understand, David, you're a smart guy. And Dylan, if he wants to continue on with this documentary, he'll be dealt with accordingly. And I just think that you should move on and, and, and uh, don't don't get caught up in this mess. And Dylan will, you know, I know he has a family and all these kind of things. And, it, it, uh, you know, it's a shame that it could have to go this way. But, you know, he might have to face the repercussions for messing with such wealthy people. And then David goes, so the next, the day after that, uh, Marco and, and Kevin and the boy got on the plane and went to Los Angeles. And we went right after them, right yes, behind they them. Did. And they went to L.A. And um, David was amazing in this documentary. David guy, is fearless. He, he has so much drive. He never showed any exhaustion. I mean, he just kept on going. Yeah. He, had, he didn't care about any confrontation. And the thing is, he seems like a nice guy. For sure. So it's like. But it, at the he, core of him, he is a journalist. Even though he does like fluff pieces, it seems like back home in New Zealand. At least he did. I'm sure this put him on the. Mm-hmm. I would love to see if he has other documentaries or what he did after this now. Because to go back to, you know, this week I'm interviewing the world's skinniest sumo wrestler. You know, <laughs> I don't, I couldn't see him going back to doing those little fluff pieces after doing such a fucking 
ex- expose on something insane. Oh, I mean, he he killed it. it yeah. Or he could just retire off of this. I'm sure he made a good amount of money. He's like, I'm done now. I mean, unless he did get fucked with the lawsuits That's after this. That's possible as well. Because he could just be ruined. He could be because... Well, I have, I have an update on uh, the culprit of all this, which we'll get to as we continue oh, okay. to weave the, okay. weave the picture. But, so um, they go to... They fly to L.A. where we're introduced to TJ, mm-hmm. who is, you know, a gym rat and a football athlete. Guy's got a football tattoo. He sure does. And a tribal tattoo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a very... Uh, um, his his description of what's going on and the clips of him, because he kind of looks like Steve-O, too. So I, it was very distracting, but also it was like watching Steve-O porn. Yeah, where he's saying, you know, they painted a picture of, you know, you know, they caught me. They t- let you know, hey, man, with a couple grand, you know, and, you know, it's just, a, you know, we, we're looking for athletes. They knew how to talk to him to get him interested. Like, you know, we're looking for peak athletes. It's like, you know. why do they have to be athletes? Is it just so they're in shape? Yeah, they want they want they want sexy boys. I don't know. I don't, wow. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that's part of it for them. They need you. They want you to. I think it's a thing of like they want guys that look tough. To be in a vulnerable position. But some of them don't. Some of them look like skinny little bird chest boys. Hey, man. I, I don't know what... I don't know. I think he just likes them young mm-hmm. and and not out of shape. Sure. He likes them 18 to 23. Right. And Jane O'Brien them, Media likes eight... Their, their preferred age range is 18 to 23. He wants them in shape, whether that's like muscular and athletic or if they're just skinny. Yeah. No fatties allowed. No fatties. <laughs> No fatties. <laughs> but um, so we find out from TJ that Kevin, who blows up early on in the documentary when he goes out to New Zealand to meet David and, and Dylan, directly deals with the talent in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. He's saying, Kevin told me that this is what we do and it's okay and this, that, and the third. And then uh, TJ says that he signed, you know, they sign whatever paperwork that they sign, but they're also under the impression that this is for some kind of private collection or whatever. Yeah. And uh, he didn't think it'd ever be on the Not at all, internet. but he stumbled upon his video on YouTube. Oh, because he, he Googled himself. Yeah, he, because, and this is sad, and he, he, he framed it in a way that was like, same, sounded normal. But I think what TJ is, is like he plays semi-professional football. Yeah. And he... Live, relives his glory days sure. from YouTube clips yeah. of him playing football in high school and he went to go you know probably had a rough day of not making a team or something and was like I'm good doing that kind of thing and this I'm, is the worst thing to stumble across when you're in one of those yeah. you're watching like motivational clips in the background of like how hard do you want to succeed in life do you want it bad enough more than you want air and you're doing that whole thing and you're watching clips of you being good in high school and then you stumble upon a video of you getting straddled by some boy and getting tickled and being like, <laughs> oh no, stop it, please. It's very. Um, like it, his pride was just. Yeah, for on. sure. Because then you start to think about, you know, this was 25 hundo, but what if this is the reason I didn't get, you know, picked up by that team today? It very well could have been. He said actively that a lot of teams said, which, you know, it's him stroking his own ego, but he said things like, you know, I've been to uh, tryouts where the coach says, Hey man, you're the best athlete that we have on the field right now. But because of those videos that we looked up, um, we don't want to deal with the circus. So, but I believe that he, I mean, he looked like he was in a, in shape and looked like a good wide receiver. But yeah. you know, that's a big stroke of your own ego. But I believe that he wouldn't get on a team because of it, and not even necessarily if the coach knew about it, but like the teammates would. Sure, give him yeah, yeah. They'd be like, I don't want to so play with much some, crap. I don't want to play 
with some gay dude like yeah. to get tickled or something. And then they you know, probably still, a lot of that still exists in sports. I know. I know. Or they would just make fun of him for doing it. Yeah. So TJ reaches out to Jane O'Brien Media and asks them to take down the video. They don't respond. So he emails YouTube. And YouTube, you know, they oblige and they take the video down. Good job, YouTube. And they, he gets a storm of harassment. Harassment, I mean, yep. it's the only word I have for it. Um, by Jane O'Brien Media. <coughs> they flood his email with the video. They set up websites with the video. Uh, they put up, they set up websites with his information on it. Then Debbie Kuhn starts going off on me, left and right, sending emails to the high school that I coach at. I have additional information as a past employer. You don't want this guy in your league. Can you afford the distraction, the press, with an outed gay guy having a male tickling fetish in which he likes to tickle and be tickled by tied up other gay athletes and bodybuilders? False accusations saying I'm a drug addict and I was a child molester and I'm gay and this and that, which none of those things have ever been true. Very rude, very rude against against the gay community yeah it would be like if if i made you dinner tonight and i wanted to just make you know film a video of you eating the steak you know that we're going to eat tonight and i'm like eat it eat it fast i just want to see you really enjoy it and then i take that video and i like call you fat and fat shame you or something with it right when i filmed it for my entertainment and told you to do and it. told you to do it and then i use it against you it's like right you are making tickle porn yeah so if it's gay what a crazy! That's just such a crazy uh, attack. Sense. It's a weird yeah. attack. It's a weird attack to you. Well, use. it goes back to him being ashamed. Yeah, but um, another thing I found hilarious that this was the second time. So when you really pick up on it, is they're using a voice <laughs> for the Debbie Coons emails when she's yes. getting all feisty and calling people the f word and the calling voice. you gay. What's the voice like? It's like uh, it's like it, the most a, privileged, rude white yeah, lady. Like, oh, I see that you got the emails and you decided you wanted to be a big tough boy. Well, I'll let you know we'll have no homos disrespecting this company. And if you think that you're going to succeed in life, think again. It's very like swirling a wine glass while you talk. <laughs> yeah. You can, he- you can like, you can feel the energy coming off. And it's perfect. Because these emails like are so, a... uh, they're so gross, these she's, emails. I feel like she's wearing a mink coat. Yeah. And, you it's know. It's very Joanne the Scammer. Oh, very. Scary. You think you can disrespect me? Yeah. You're ruined in this town. Homo. Yeah, so TJ got a lot of emails like that. Oh, yeah. And feels like, you know, this ruined my life. Yeah. Now, I will say, there may have been times in my life where I could have got approached to, for 25 hundo. Oh, yeah. To do a t- to tickle? To get tickled? Oh, all kinds of shit. I mean, I, yeah, I can relate not to tickling, but I mean, I remember uh, when I was 19, like, I, I was bartending and I had a few people that thought you know i had like a different look like so they were like you should model but i'm not tall enough to model you are such you are so fake uh what do you mean no you're you're so fake humble (laughs) you're like they thought i looked different than traditional looks so they said i should maybe do modeling or something and i was like okay i guess i mean i guess i look a little different be quiet you know what i mean i'm I'm uh, white uh, but people I'm white, but uh-huh. people have always been like, "What are you?" Mm-hmm. And I'm and and I get it all the time. And I'm like, "I'm I'm white. I I don't know. People think I look. I think I look weird." <laughs> anyway, so anyway, it it I uh, you know I had my one friend who's a a professional photographer now. Mm-hmm. Like he has a really good business, 
He took photos of me, but then this is when model mayhem was a big thing. Oh, everybody's a model. Everyone's on. Everyone's a model. That's and everyone's on model mayhem. Yeah, that. Oh, my, the, a website. Oh yeah, oh, I've it, never it's, heard of this. It's before. MySpace for models. Wow. But it's amateur. It's all everyone's yeah, yeah, an yeah, amateur, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. right? So. And this is like what year is this? This is like uh, eleven years ago. Oh, so this is like affliction. Affliction was still around, and like Ed Hardy and things like that. There was sure. a lot of rhinestone oh, bell bottom yeah. jeans and oh, things. Oh yeah. Like. Okay. But so what you do is like you you make a like a Model MySpace, oh, and okay. it's called Model Mayhem. And then you put like you know a picture up of yourself or a few pictures of your portfolio. Uh huh. And then photo. And then there. So there's the model profile, and then there's the photographer profile. Yes. So the photographers and models connect through this, and then they set up photo shoots and all this stuff. Uh huh. Looking back now, it is terrifying that an 18 year old a 19 year old someone so young can be on that site yeah because it's connecting and they're you. setting up business come to my house i'll, fi- I'll yes. shoot you and all these kind it's of connecting you with people who you don't know of all ages we'll just and, have a camera and i bet a bunch of them are fucking freaks oh for sure yeah and so yeah i mean i can understand being like they're like that's great great those are some great photos now can you take your socks off and yes pour this jello on yes, your feet because i did one photo shoot with a guy i didn't know mm-hmm. and it was near my house and stuff and i told i told certain people i was going and i was like trying to be safe but looking back i'm like i easily could have been killed yeah and like the guy i remember it it took only several minutes for him to be like Oh, you should like unzip your jacket, you know, and mm-hmm. and and like show cleavage. I was like, no, uh-huh. you know. But it's like someone who is really in a bind for money. Like if he had been like, what about for twenty five hundred dollars? Yeah, who knows? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? People yeah. will do things that Friend, like, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, they for don't. Money talks, man. It does, especially when you're so young, and twenty five hundred dollars seems like. A ton of money. Friend of the show, Les Green, uh, almost got me, almost got me to donate bone marrow <laughs> to go to Miami, Florida. <laughs> we were hard up for cash. We were all working at the mall. Oh, my God. And he was like, they'll give you like $800 if you donate bone marrow. Oh, my God. And I, I was like, what's that? Sure. I don't know. How do you donate oh bone marrow? And I went God. and looked up what they do. Fuck you. Oh my god. They put god. the needle right in your bone. It's pull it right out of the you know what I mean? I it's insane. Was Les gonna do it too? Yeah, we went and got a consultation. You had you went that far. Well Les went into the room. But we went to like the office and yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. So twenty five hundred dollars for a dude to sit on my belly and tickle my t- my pits? Come on, Maybe. Bro. No, for sure. <laughs> There's no maybes about it. Yeah. Anyway, so back to this. We uh, start to get more in-depth because now uh, Dylan and David are in L.A. They end up finding off of a hunch. But I think Dylan is the real secret weapon in this. They say Dylan has, thinks he find, he found where they're going to be shooting some tickling videos today. Yeah. And, no, you know, sure enough, they sit out for a little bit. And Kevin and Marco and the boy pull up with some beefcake talent. Dudes looking like they're fresh off a steroid cycle. Oh, yeah. And then the, I don't know why this is so gross to me, but they, they said they were filming outside the building. They go, we could hear laughter coming through the windows. Yeah. It just that was so gross. So- like, it, you just hear like, <laughs> and you know what's happening in there. So you just, you just hear like, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> it's so weird. It's like, why does the laughter, laughter, 
usually is like like if it's natural laughter yeah if it's natural laughter that shouldn't creep me out it means they're happy yeah you know it's not an evil laugh no it's it's (laughs) it's torturous laugh because they're being pinned down and tickled yeah and you hear them laughing but then you hear them be like stop no we've gotten into some tickle fights naturally we're not doing it for any camera thing like that and it's very much no matter how much laughter it's like stop stop no stop 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 seriously stop i'm gonna pee i'm gonna pee stop it's like you're laughing, but you're mad. Yeah. That's real tickling. But I think also it like makes you weak. Yeah, yeah. You can't fight back. You can't fight yeah, you while can't you're fight. laughing. So you're, now you're getting more mad. You're yeah. Like, but you're laughing and smiling. Right. And you're crying you're and like, all. There's yeah. so many emotions going through it. You're like But they're like, violated. we're going to take that to 10 by strapping you down. So there's no stopping it and until then, we say. And then we'll add more people in to tickle you. Yeah. So oh, you're getting, yeah. You're getting or we're gonna tickled. Or we're going to add in props. And which, yeah, yeah which, props yeah. and like at one point that one kid had five boys on him. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's intense. But we're, one guy uh, per foot. Uh, you know, once they got rejected because uh they actually Dylan and David got out of the car and went to approach because he said you know Kevin left the door open and Kevin's like you're not welcome here, leave now. And mm-hmm. then the boy comes and closes the door yeah. and kind of looks at him like, get out of here, yeah, you guys get are out of here. You guys are he, <laughs> this guy who works for a tickling company looked at them like. You guys are so pathetic. Get a life. I know. It was like so like. We're like Napoleon. All right, man. Listen. You're the weird one here. <laughs> You're the weird one here. Anyway. No, cl- uh, close your jaw, Napoleon. So David's investigation ends up taking them down to Orlando where we meet a character. Oh, yeah, we do. Um, His name is uh, shit. Uh, Richard Ivy. Talk about subculture. Yeah, man. This is this goes deep. Now, Richard Ivy is a, a fellow tickle fetishist. Oh, yes. But he's more straight up about it. Loud and proud. Yeah, he's not calling it sports or nope. something like that. Or, you know, we, we use these techniques to get out of holds and rest and MMA fights. No. Nope. He's like, no, man, I like to make f- fetish porn. He said, this is, uh, after one year of this, I ha- I got to quit my job and do this full time. Yeah, so when he was in, he graduated from graduate school, he took some money and started uh, myfriendsfeet.com, which actually, let me click on this link. I feel weird doing it, but it's still up. You got to click. You gotta click an agreement thing to enter. Is it a? Is it an oh, actual? Yeah. Oh, porn? that's a dick! Wow! Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I so think it's. They do, I think they do hand job videos as well. My friend's feet is still up, and that was a guy stroking a dick, like another guy's dick. Um. So yeah. While no, that, being tickled or no? No, I think that's like a it's subgenre a t- within myfriendsfeet.com. Okay. Uh. So my friend's feet is still active, and Richard Ivy is doing well on that. That is a porn site. Uh, but he doesn't deny it. I mean, no, no, I, no. I almost am I mean, impressed. They, they have that video of him like sitting poolside at his pool by his house, no. and he does the videos at another house that he just owns to specifically do the filming at. Yeah, he has so like a making, fuck shed. Oh yeah, he's making very lucrative. It's a tickle shed, see? Okay, he's not. He's not a pervert. Apparently, okay. there are dick videos that you have on your phone now. I. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, <laughs> Um, so he brings in, they're all obsessed with beefcake. They bring in this dude's chest hair, stomach hair. He's got like, I think it's a Boston accent. Tats. He says very, he either has a Boston accent or a speech impediment where he does like, I think he has an accent, but I couldn't, I couldn't really detect it. The water was coming, you know, and then they send you the money and it's like, you know, what else are you going to do? Anyway, I couldn't detect it. Anyway, Richard starts to strap him down, tells him to catch a breath. It's very, yeah, it's that very, was weird. It's very, um, that, it's very homoerotic. He's like, take a breath. He goes, oh man, you gonna take it easy on me today? 
Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. We're gonna take it he's easy. Like on you. Smiling, he's like smiling. As he's buckling him into this uh, torture chair. And then he proceeds for the next it felt like forever. It said But it might have been five minutes. It's no, it said a hundred and four. No, but I'm saying minutes. what they show oh. even what they showed us oh, on yeah, camera, yeah. it felt incredibly long. Oh, I think they did that on purpose to, to, to show, show how awkward it is. And da- David was just standing in there the room the whole time. Yeah, he was just in the room, also filming while while Richard films. And he tickles this guy, he rubs on his nips. He breaks Ew, out. Oh, I tooth- hated that. Oh man, he spent some real time getting down on those nips. Ew. Uh, he pulls out a toothbrush. He feathers him. Gets on his pits, and then they do this close up of Richard's mouth while he's tickling him. And I'm like, oh, that there's the pervert in him. Yep. You you paused it. Yeah, I had to pause it because <laughs> he had this little pervy grin. And I don't kink shame. If this is what you're into, is what you're into. But that I could see. We had all we had gotten like ten minutes of him being like, you know, it's a job, and I make a good living, and you know, just something I did out of graduate school, and you know, and it's just you know, it's 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 my job now. It's just what I do. And then, so he almost kind of got me into like, oh, you just you know, this is you make this to sell to perverts, yeah, but you just do it medicinally. Like you're, just, I'm just a professional, and I know people like this kind of stuff, and I so I film it and I make the money from it. But in that moment, you go. Oh no, you're a pervert too. Like you, oh, he, you yeah. get off on this. He does get off on it for sure. Yeah. So, um, and we, like that's okay to get off on whatever gets you off. But the that look in his eye, yeah, yeah. mixed with the guy being so helpless, tied and, up, oh just God. makes you so uncomfortable. Very much so. Very much so. Um, so one last gem that Richard gives us before we go back to L.A. is that he was on AOL sites and these chat rooms and everything where he was introduced to Terry Tickle. Mm-hmm. She was one of the first people he saw doing Tickle videos, kind of like a pioneer of the industry. Sure. And was it was very kind of the similar dialogue as Jane O'Brien Media of like, I'm looking for boys this age. It's a sports thing. This is not gay. Right. I'm looking. I just like people who like she to be made tickled. It so She made it so like... It, like she kept bringing it's, up, it's not it's gay. such closeted energy. Yeah, where it's like, look, I like we just like to tickle each other. It's not gay about it, and if you are gay, don't apply. Right. It's like, so oh, it's so okay. intense and and just discriminatory. Yeah, super weird. So that's the last gem uh, Richard Ivy gives us. We go back to L.A. where we meet David Starr, former porn star and a representative for Terry Tickle. For a number of years, he was like a ta- he was a talent scout. <laughs> when they called, when he was like, he yeah, was the talent, you know, the talents. Oh my god, I hated that term. <laughs> Such a funny word to use for a person who gets strapped down to be tickled. The talent. like, is there a je ne sais quoi that somebody can have of that? Like, this guy's the Johnny Depp of being tickled. Like, he just Maybe. had a he just had a twinkle in his eye when he'd be t- tickled, and I knew I had to have him. Maybe for they my have agency. like maybe they have like an infectious laugh. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. We're like, oh, he was a star. I feel like they, like they use words like that. And, you know, where it's like, yeah, nobody could take a tickling like, you know, right. Kevin Nielsen. Yeah. You know, and that was David Starr's job for this company. And for a number of years. And then at some point, Terry got pneumonia, got mononucleitis, not mononucleosis. Yeah. Mono. We got mono. I'm using the $20 Why word. Why are you doing that? I don't know. Are I you trying to, use, to be like. I'm a bit professional. Trying to be right. like Kevin. I got $20 words too. Okay. Anyway, she gets she gets mono in quotes. And so she starts sending um, David Starr 
handwritten letters saying, hey, I'm sick, so, you know, I'll be communicating this way for a while, but everything is still going the same, business as usual, keep getting the boys, keep making the videos, and once I'm back in back in action from this mono thing, because it's really kicking my ass right now, once I'm back and healthy from this mono thing, you know, I'll get, I'll pay everybody um, the money for participating, but just let them know they're working for free right now, but, you know, once I'm back and can get everything back situated, I'll pay everybody what I owe them. And that relationship also turned sour with David Starr because David found out, as well with the talent, that their videos were being posted online. Oh, yeah. And, you know, David said he was furious about that and confronted Terry. And Terry went sideways on David and started sending really horrible things. Started calling him a hook nose. And oh my I think God. that's a Jewish reference. I think so, Yeah, too. so he's Jewish and calling him a pervert or something like that. Had some kind of, like, horny... Harry Horny Hook Nose yeah. was the thing that she'd call him she and send him, him. send him birthday cards for his dead brother. And, and she'd send his mother stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, she'd be like, your son is... A Harry Horny, horny Hook Nose. Yeah, and, and just um, that, yeah, that poem. Yeah. Whatever the hell that was. That poem was to his mom, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, roses are red, and violets said something, are blue, I wished, I bet you wish your brother, is... I bet you wish that your this guy had died instead of your other son, Edward, right? Or like shit, like a crazy, super dark, super crazy. dark, super dark stuff. Um, David gives that stuff to our David, David Farrier, and he's just blown away. Like, what the fuck is up with this? This is insane, you know. And he is our David, isn't he? He is our David. He's we a good, love he's him. He's a good guy, at we, least seemingly. I don't, I don't know him personally, but he seems like a nice guy. I'd like to meet him. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to get some lunch with them, just hear some behind-the-scenes stuff, because apparently sure. there's a sequel to this. Shout-out to whoever told us that on the Facebook group. I was informed by somebody that there's a there's a secret, a sequel to this Oh my god! called The Tickle King. We might have to watch that tonight. We might have to watch that tonight. Because <laughs> sure. it's still fresh. Yeah, yeah it's still, let's we might, do that. We might do a double feature tonight. But anyway, we find out, um, I can't remember how, but um, it might have been from David Starr, that uh, Terry Tickles is a guy named David D'Amato. Yeah, that it's been a, a fake woman this whole yeah, time. Yeah, it was a, it was a really fake a woman. Man. I think they found out because he sent a letter to the FBI or something like that. Okay. The FBI gets involved in some kind of way. I can't remember if it was when it started dealing with the school. There was a, there was a talent who went to Drexel. Oh, and yeah. And there was yeah, a whole yeah. investigation by the lady. You like Debbie... Arlanov or whatever, some some Russian last name lady who was a she was like a reporter for her school's paper. Yeah, and uh, you know Terry Tickles brought down this whole school's website and was bashing a student there, and it was getting really out of hand. And she did some investigation, and that's that's how they found out that Terry Tickles was David D'Amato. Yeah, and they ended up putting him in jail, not for making up a fake person, and you know, uh, you know, you know. All the terrible things that he did, he got in trouble for like abusing the internet, fraud, and got to stay didn't didn't go to jail at first, and got to go to law school because they found out his dad is the is owns co owned one of the biggest firms in New York or something, one of the biggest yeah. law firms in New York. So he comes from loaded. all this money, loaded, and he didn't and he got a, so he got a really good lawyer, and he didn't have to go to jail, and he didn't have to really do much of any. He didn't have to like not use the internet, and um. He tried to do something. Oh, what happened was, and I'm sure it's more complicated than this. He went to go to go to uh, law school. Okay. And mm-hmm. once the school found out about this thing that he had done, they kicked him out of the school. Okay. So then he ended up going to jail. 
Mm. Like he ended up serving time in jail for the sentence. I don't know how much time. Probably not a lot. Probably like a month, two months, three months. Who knows? Some bullshit amount of time. Um, or was it six months? Isn't that why he 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 like couldn't send we'll get computer? To that. Oh. Oh wait, go ahead. He couldn't send computer stuff. Everything was handwritten for. Oh six yeah. Oh no, no. No. We'll get to that because oh. we'll, that's 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 a big reveal. That's a big reveal. Oh. Um. So yeah. So he ends up. He does end up going to jail uh, as a part of that sentence. But apparently. Because he couldn't go to law school or something. That's how the they didn't really frame that very well to where where it made sense to me. I felt like he might have violated something or something. Mm -hmm. Maybe part of the this will be a weird uh, plea deal, but maybe part of the plea deal was like he's going to go to law school, and then once he got kicked out of law school, he couldn't agree. He couldn't follow the rules of the plea deal that they had put together for him, which was you know he doesn't go to jail, but he pleads out to you know abusing computers, and he's going to go to law school. Who knows. And because he couldn't go to law school, maybe he had to go to prison. Anyway, so David D'Amato, also we start to find out more about his background. We start to find out that uh, he he was an assistant principal at, a, at high schools. And he went from eight different schools to 10 years. Like they'd ship him around. Yeah. And that reminded me of uh, like Spotlight. Me too. And that with, made with me the priest. Yeah. And that made that me feel me like too. maybe he was doing some weird shit. Yep. Approaching the kids in weird ways. Maybe asking them if they want to get tickled or yep. something like that. And instead of firing him. They ship him to another school. I bet because his because of his uh, dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the legal shit. Yeah, especially That's if so he's fucked especially up. if he's set up because if you're if you're rich in Manhattan, you have to be pretty fucking rich. Oh, but if yeah. you're rich in Long Island, you could like be the king of Long Island. Mm. The Damatos could be like the king of Long Island, where it's like we can't fire uh, David Damato. He's Greg Damato's son or whatever his dad's yeah. name is. So we can't fire him. We'll just send him to another school. We don't right. want those problems with the Damatos. Yeah. It, you know, because we that, don't want you, them finding something. Yeah, it's like, it's more of a small town vibe in Long Island, so you can your your money stretches more there to where you're a bigger deal there. So another thing uh, we've, we've spoken about his dad being rich. One thing that this this documentary really has so many little sub pockets of aggravating things, and this really I already knew this, but this was just another example you see of like how you know rich people get get out of jail free cards. It's like if you have the money and the influence, you you know that woman uh, Debbie who was the journalist for the school, she was baffled that all he got was, you know, what he got. He didn't get, you know, in trouble. And the other journalist was at that diner, and you kept seeing the people oh, in the yeah. background being like, oh, he's being really <laughs> this loud This guy over is there. so animated and loud. Yeah, and he goes, in a diner. He goes, I mean, fraud. He was impersonating people. He was threatening people. He's, and like, he, slamming the table. Yeah. The silverware's, like, shaking. Yeah, and he got, he's like, <laughs> he got an internet abuse charge? I mean, come on. You know, it's like, <laughs> he's like he was great. Sir, you're at a diner. He was okay. great. <laughs> Sir, calm down. This is a public silver diner. <laughs> so, um... Oh, so... Let's see. How did they... Uh, oh, so David uh, Farrier reveals to Debbie, who was the journalist at the school, uh -huh. what you were alluding to, yep. which was that uh, because uh, David... Um, Dave uh, D'Amato. Dave D'Amato couldn't. He had to go to prison. It's per this perfectly makes sense as to why Terry Tickles, Terry Tickled, all of a sudden got mono. Yeah. And had to write these handwritten letters and was telling everybody to keep. And, she, and that blew Debbie away. Oh, yeah. So it really, even in the time that he went to jail and got caught for doing this thing that he was doing for years, it never stopped. Nope. It never stopped. Kept going. And, you know, even though he got in trouble, you know, but. Terry Tickled slowly started to fade away mm -hmm. at a point around 2006. 
And then sometime after that, Jane O'Brien Media pops up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously David Ferrier had to be more elusive about what he was saying, but he pretty much figured out that this guy's been doing this for like 30 years. He's he's Terry Tickled. He's Jane O'Brien Media. He's yep. Debbie Kuhn. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is insane. He's all of them. This is ins- It's insane. And it it's just insane. makes you dislike him so much because of, yes, everything he's doing, but then all of those hateful words he was saying as all of those other people were all from his mouth yeah all all the homophobic things yeah. and i'm gonna ruin your life it's yep. all from one person yeah it's somehow for some reason it's like you just said it's more gross when it's one person than, than if this is just some corporation all working for yeah. the interest of keeping the company safe like if amazon does horrible things to people that speak bad about amazon i know that jeff uh bezos is at the top of that yeah but it's a whole thing i know it's not jeff bezos being like i'm gonna take your house and make you go broke you know and it could be but it doesn't seem that way because you know there's so many branches and different lawyers and everything that you have to deal with but through the course of this documentary you find out this is just some weird old rich dude who likes to watch dudes get tickled yeah and he does everything he sends the threatening emails and all of that and and then you start to find out about the different tickle cells And they go to Michigan and you meet this dude who was a recruiter and you find out that he pays extra for redheads and Asians. Right. And that his his whole pitch that he used was that this was a a technique that you can use in MMA fights to get out of (laughs) chokeholds. You just tickle them. And he's like, I didn't believe that. But like, you know, that's what I said. That's what I said. I'm, I'm trying to get the money. Wow. And again, this is another guy. I forgot his. I think I wrote his name down. And Let's like see. just uh, knowing, Jordan, Jordan Shalaki. And just knowing that like he got extra money for Asians and redheads yeah. means like this guy it's has extra a type. It's extra yeah. fetish. Those, extra those types make me pop faster. Ew. <laughs> Gross. That's what it is, though. It has to be. What else could it be? I like to watch them get tickled more. They turn Ew. red and, what you know, I don't know. It's super gross, man. But, yeah, so Jordan Shalaki's like, yeah, I don't know, man. They, you, you know, with, And he really put it into a good, uh, he really put it into a good synopsis saying, like, you know, he gives you all this money. You start to rely on that income. It becomes like a job for you. And then he snatches it from underneath you. And I think that's a part of it, too. She has all the money in the world that seems like whoever it is to be able to do this. But they're waiting for that day that you rely on that as a sole income. That was her big, I think, power trip. She waited until a bunch of us relied on that income because that was our only source of income. We'd been doing it for so long, we didn't think. She waited until she had complete control, basically, over your situation. And that's when she wanted to yank that rug right out from under you. Yeah. It's the power of it. Oh, you know, yeah. it's the I'm going to ruin you. You need me. Well, now you need me and, I, and I'm not there anymore. Mm-hmm. And oh, look, you're gay. That's a part of it, too. There's no girl on girl tickling things. I think he likes to emasculate men. And that probably has a lot to do with his childhood and getting bullied and things like that. He's like, I'm going to bully you. I'm going to embarrass you now. Mm-hmm. Now you're embarrassed. You're mm-hmm. gay mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. Um but yeah, the, I mean, they say that he's got these tickle cells set up everywhere, man, all over the country. It's insane. Um, anyway, so through all the research that David and Dylan do, it leads them to Long Island, mm-hmm. where they have their final showdown with uh, David D'Amato, 
where they wait outside of his condo building. They do a stakeout. They do a stakeout. David comes out in his Mercedes SUV. They follow him to a Starbucks. That's when Dylan starts. Yeah, talking. Dylan's talking a lot. Fall back. Don't don't get too close to him. And Dylan's oh, like, right on him. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's very uh, like a lot breathing. of drama. There's a lot of just like he even said like I'm breathing heavy right now. I'm breathing. <laughs> He's like, don't get too close. Don't get in that lane. Oh, no. He's going to. Okay, stay back. See us in the mirror. Yeah. So he gets out. They have a confrontation. He's pretty chill about it. David's pretty chill through this whole movie. And you could tell it's hilarious to me because it's such a. um, David D'Amato was such an epitome of a troll. Yeah. Where it's like, once you. They're they're harmless. Yeah. They they are only tough talkers online. Because now he's in front of his face and he's saying. You know, uh, well, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to talk to you. You're not supposed to be speaking to me. Um, You know, I have lawyers. They'll deal with you. They'll be talking to you after this. And he goes, you know, he go and he had information about him. That was the gross thing. He goes like, you're here on a visa and you're not supposed to be doing journalism. He's like, well, I'm here on a tourist visa, so I'm fine. That's fine. He said, I'm here on a journalism visa. Okay, well, that's that's okay. Well, we'll find out about that. He was still trying to be tough, but you just could tell. This person who's been calling people the F word and, and gay and I'm going to ruin your life and all those that sassy girl voice that they were using. This yeah. is him. Mm-hmm. And he's not that at all. No, he's a weaselly old man. Yep. And he gets in his car and drives off. Oh, yeah. And then after that, mm-hmm. does it go to the phone call? Well, then we find out one last thing that we find out before we get to that is uh big shocker the money that was funding this whole thing was from an inheritance oh sure from his dad and his mother died and not only did he have millions of dollars in the bank he was also getting money from a trust 30 grand so he didn't even have to so he has millions of dollars in the bank and then he's getting like expense money coming through to pay all the expenses that he has and he has millions of dollars sitting in the bank um and that that was it wasn't shocking because i knew that right but the big shocking reveal is like Oh, so you aren't getting like YouTube money or something or paying for a subscription to watch these things. You just you just pay all this money and fly these dudes into L.A. and pay. You don't, you don't you, get like financial. Yeah, you're not. You're, yeah, you just you pay all these people. You have this whole network to make porn for you. Well, it makes it sicker because it's, it's like. That makes it more. That's the sickest thing of it yeah, all. Yeah, it's like you're not It's just even, for your own personal enjoyment. Yeah, and it's like if it truly was just for you then you would just have a private collection or if it was if it was just for you you could just go on myfriendsfeet.com my, my and give richard ivy some money he's <laughs> doing what you're doing but but like but that's not a, he doesn't get anything back from it he so wants it's to like, well, he then wants why? to pick the guys and he wants to control it and he wants to exploit that yes yeah it's and really, then ru- and then ruin them it's really that's fucked. probably the sickest part of it all to me sure it's really it's that fucked. it's not even about yeah, it's like so profiting or something about you're you're just you're paying ten people a month twenty five hundred dollars. That's twenty five thousand yeah. dollars. You're renting a studio somewhere in L.A. You're paying Kevin, Marco, and the boy yep. to fly on planes to go to New Zealand to threaten people and to film these guys and recruit these guys and who knows what else their expenses are. They're probably on salary. Oh yeah. You know you're doing all of this to get these videos so that you can put them on YouTube and then. And then they get they find it and get mad at you. And then you go, okay, cool. Now I can ruin them. It's just like it would make it would make more sense if he was doing it because he found this subculture like that Richard guy did. And he's like, oh, I can make tons of money off this. Sure. But it's like you find out he doesn't need any money Mm -mm. and he doesn't make any. Yeah. 
from this. It's only spending money. So it's just so, it's so crazy. That's the darkest part to me. Yeah. He's just doing it because he can. We also find out because, I mean, doing investigative journalism is fucking time consuming. Oh, yeah. And you have to go down all these Reg put a red string from this to that and you got to come follow back up once you find out something new and they find out something new which is that Romeo Salta the lawyer from who was, involved in the, who was involved in the uh, Luca Magnata case they go to his office and they go your name is on here like that the paper the documents and the threatening documents that we got are sent from you and he goes I sent one letter Mm-hmm. probably he retained him briefly to send a cease and desist out to David out in New Zealand and that's where it ended and that's where it ended for him but then Dave D'Amato pretended to be him this lawyer the whole time the whole time other than the first letter yeah so and but they he was getting letters every week yep so from that point forward from from the one letter he impersonated a, a person he impersonated a lawyer and, and it's like he should be in jail. In jail for that, but he's not. No, at all. But he's money, not. Because money, money talks. And then the last thing, as you said, is uh, they call his last known living relative, which is his stepmother, mm-hmm. and she gives it all away. I don't know if he's asexual or gay, but I'm scared of him. And you know, he was a teacher, and and then they, his she, mom babied him. His mom babied and him, and he the kids got bullied, and the kids used to come over and make fun of him. And how long has he been? When did he start doing it again? And David goes, "It never stopped. It never stopped. It never stopped." That moment was like David just was like so that was the only time I felt like David was like upset. Yeah. Been, like where it showed that like this is like really disturbing. Yeah. Because the rest of the time he was able to keep his mind focused and and make things light here yeah. and there like laugh at stuff have a good like you know positive outlook through it. As positive but as in you that, can have. Yeah. But in that moment he just seemed kind of like. This guy's a monster. And it, you could also hear a little bit of tiredness of like, I can't believe this is where we got to from a fun video of people getting tickled on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? To find the Think about that. To go from... Think about if, you know, one of my favorite videos online is the video of that lady who works on the news and she's stomping the grapes to make oh, wine. Yeah, and, then- <laughs> and then she falls and she gets the wind knocked out of her. And she's like, oh, 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 oh. Imagine if you that video that's brought you so much joy and it's this quick little thing and it's like whatever it's silly I hope she's okay. Imagine if you f- go to like I wonder how that lady's doing and you go well that wasn't a lady and that whole thing was fake and all the proceeds from that video that you viewed go to killing dogs and you're right? like wait wait what yeah I thought this was just some silly little video and it t- it takes you down this incredibly crazy uh unbelievable road yeah I mean. The, the the lawyers who threatened you, the woman who called you gay, everything. The guys who flew out to meet you and intimidate you, I guess. They all work for one dude. Yeah. None of the women are real. The company isn't real. Nope. The sport isn't real. The lawyer wasn't The lawyer it. wasn't really the lawyer. It's all a sham for this dude's weird purpose of entertaining himself in some kind of way. And he can't be stopped. And he can't be stopped. Well, you know what can stop somebody is death. I found out because I was like, where is where is uh, Dave D'Amato now? Dave D'Amato died in 2017. When did this come out? Like around that, 2016, 2017. Oh, so not long after he died suddenly. Do you think? Oh, I've already. Um, there's. I'm not going to read. There's a whole thing of string of conspiracies. I don't know if any of them match to mine. But when I heard the tickle cell thing, made me think of who took Johnny. I know. Of like, you know, yep. who are you? Who else are you sending these videos to? And 
what is the, maybe this is a deeper purpose than I thought. And it gets very, you know, Jeffrey Epstein and all these kind of things. And yep. to die suddenly once this tickle thing comes out and it's like, OK, you know, because this guy's rich. But in the grand scheme of rich, he's like a pawn. Yeah. You know, like he might be providing porn to some dude who's a billionaire. Right. And then this dude's like, I don't want this to get to me. Yeah. So get him out of here. Hey, and I, that's just that's just a conspiracy. Obviously, I don't know that to be true. Or did it come out right after he died so they wouldn't get sued? I don't know. That's because that question. could be a thing too. Maybe um, he held. On. I don't know how he soon died. It... He died in March 2017. I can try to find out really quick. He died in March 2017. Tickled came out in 2016. So oh, no. okay. So no. Okay. Well, and I'm sure. I'm again, sure the fearless. the work the work probably was like done in like 2015, 2014. Yeah. So he died like a year after. So wow. that that lines up that it could be some weird conspiracy where they're like, get him out of here before they bring him into a courtroom and start, you know, giving him a deposition and trying to find out what he does the videos for and who he does them for. And who and he shows them to. Who he shows them, all that, you know. Who's in his inner circle. Does he still work at that law firm? Because it's D'Amato and Lynch. Mm. It's like, who's Lynch? Who's right. his son? You know, they, before they even start asking those questions, get him out of here. Wow. Says he died mysteriously. I'm sure, I think it was, let me see. Yeah, David D'Amato, the antagonist in David Ferrier and Dylan Reeves' documentary, Tickled, has passed away. An obituary published in the New York Times reveals the 55-year-old died suddenly on March 13th of 2017. No other details of his passing are provided. Wow. That's crazy. Big time. It could have been anything, though. It could have been, it could have been, if we're doing conspiracies, it could have been one of the boys. Getting the revenge. I would have think it was said murder, though. But well, I don't know. not if they knew how to cover it up. Oh, you're going deep now. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, possible. Anything's possible. But we'll never know. What I do know is I'm. we're going to watch Tickled King tonight. I think we need to. And we'll, uh, you know, give you guys a report on that. Sierra, um, would you give me kind of a, just a total overall um, review of your experience and if you recommend this to people? Well, what do you, I definitely, what do you think? like a rating one to ten. Sure. Oh, um, I mean, just uh, just overall, just what you what did you experience? What well, are some what are some what are some adjectives you would use to ex- to describe the ride? Well, in- uncomfortable, okay, for sure. Yeah, Physically, mentally, emotionally uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> However, I couldn't stop watching. Yes. You want to see where it leads to? It's a train wreck um, that you can't it, w- it's turn insane. away from. It's insane. It's definitely mind blowing. Um, it's a good one. I think people should see it because it just shows this subculture that could be something that's harmless yes you know tickling someone that that's okay but then it has this nasty twist to it where you're like this does give you johnny gosh vibes yeah and it just makes you think about what other crazy shit goes on like this big time you know so i definitely recommend it i think it's awesome i think the filmmaker david was incredible and people need to see this yes i agree i concur with yours also i want to give a shout out to laura washington who suggested if we do do this next week if we don't go back to doing affirmative murder i've had some talks with fran and we may be coming back next week if we do not and we do another true crime cinema club um she recommended this documentary called finders keepers oh right so we'll be doing that if we do do it it looks amazing very much along the lines of Joe Exotic. It's, you know, I love redneck mess. 
Yeah. Wonderful whites of West Virginia. You know that's you know, my oh, favorite. Man. So it's it's along those lines. So okay. if we do do this again, it will be finders keepers. So shout out to Laura Washington for um, giving us that information. Thanks, giving, Laura. giving us that gem. Um, yeah. Um, this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder Presents the True Crime Cinema Club, and we should probably take them out with our jingle that we've been working on. Oh uh, yeah, that and, the jingle. Yeah. Yeah. So um, thank you guys again, and you know we're trying to just provide some content during this crazy time and with that being said we're gonna go ahead and uh hit all hit you guys off with that jingle you ready yeah and a one and a two and a I, I was riding down, down the highway, highway doing, doing 75 when an old blue and white came cruising by, by. Took my, my license registration too I thought that my driving days were through. through now no. I'm at home <laughs> Nothing else to do. I thought I'd turn on the on TV, TV and have me some food. <laughs> I put on a true crime documentary, and I'm having the time of the century. Me. True crime, true crime cinema, cinema club. club. Good job. <laughs> Good job. Good job. A full week. A full week. That was good work. I'm glad Thank we put you. in the work for um, that. Yeah, I've been trying really hard. Yeah, I, um, I, it shows. My voice is sore. It's, it's fine. It's fine. That's what it's it is. It's more raw that way. Yeah, that that's what it was. It shows. It shows. It shows. The yeah. passion. The passion over at performance, I right. think, is the key. You know, yeah. you gotta really people need to know that you love what you do. Just been like rehearsing so much. So. Yeah. Well, again, it shows. Yeah. So thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you stepping in in this time and being my co-anchor, and uh, I really thank you for that. And uh, anytime. Th- yes, and and I think you know everyone who's listening and i hope that everybody's doing okay in this time and i would imagine none of the people that listen to this podcast are participating in those protests to open up the government again it's a really weird thing to do and stop it <laughs> stop it stop doing that it's weird it's such, such a weird thing we need to, to be safe protest not getting protests getting sick by converging around each other without masks and giving each other high fives and stuff. That's a really weird thing. It's a big fuck you to doctors and nurses too. It is. Because imagine being in one of those videos and then you get sick and you got to go to the hospital. I know. And somebody has to like risk their health and safety to take care of you. Yeah. It's a big fuck you. It is. So just don't be that. Don't do that, man. Just be cool. Your listeners aren't doing that. No, nah, they're not listening. But if you, I know some of you, yay. You specific, I'm listening. I know you're listening right now. You, I know you, you hear me right now. You, I know your uncle did it. So <laughs> tell him, tell him, stop it. Tell him, stop doing that Un- and knock it off. Uncle Gary, quit it. Yeah, tell him, you tell him, stop that, okay? Tell him I, it came from me, mm-hmm. the black guy on that podcast you listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, uh, you know, see you guys next week in whatever format that we do it in, but we will be back next week. The shop, the, the ship does not stop rocking. And, uh, you know, I've been Alvin Williams, joined by my co-host, Sierra Fath. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, be safe out there and we'll see you guys next time. See ya. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. 
or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 